right, all right, all right. Thank you so much for downloading today's episode of Carl Buys Houses. My name's Carl Krenzel, your host here today, here to help you with your real estate questions. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, what we're going to talk about is how to price your home to sell in 2021. Now, today, what we're going to do is we're going to have a, a heart-to-heart conversation, okay? And, and I'm going to hope that you'll bear with me. I'm going to hope that you'll give me a little forgiveness because I'm going to talk to you from my heart, right? I've done this 25 years, guys, and, and you don't know me and I don't know you. And I'm just trying to give you the best advice that I can given the experience that I've had. So take it with a little grain of salt, check with your realtor, check with your real estate agent, whoever's representing you, and see what their advice is. But this is my advice to you. If you're trying to sell a home in 2021, now what we're going to discuss are the five do's and the five don'ts when you're trying to price your home to sell. Now, it's important that you understand, if you're listening to this today, that it is a very different matter between pricing your home selling your home, and then actually closing your home. A lot of people, homeowners in particular, get these mixed up. A lot of homeowners tend to think, well, gosh, we just put our home on the market, we price it, and we get an offer, and the next thing you know, we get our money. (laughs) There's an awful lot of space between A to Z, and everybody who is a realtor, who's sold real estate more than once, who's done this professionally in any way, can attest to the difficulty of getting a property closed for the highest amount of money possible. So what we're gonna do is let's just break it down into the five easiest steps to take when you're trying to price your property, the things you definitely wanna do to get that money, and then you'll definitely have five things you'll want to avoid and do not do so you won't lose money, if that makes sense. Let's just go ahead and jump right into it. So the first thing you do want to do is you do want to understand that buyers, ultimately, buyers determine value. Oh, sure, I get it. There's nothing on the market. There's no homes for sale. There's 28 to 29 offers per home for sale. I get it. Yeah, of course there's competition. Anytime you have a a hot commodity of any kind, you're going to have people who want it. And anytime you inject $3 trillion into an economy and don't create extra products like houses, well, prices are going to go up and people are going to have more money to spend. And bless God, that's why Tucson in particular, if you're in the Tucson area, has just been voted the number one least affordable place in America to live. I know that there are bigger cities, but Tucson's actually grown in terms of its size, uh, in terms of its cost, affordability. It's the least affordable place to live. And with that in mind, regardless of where you are in the United States, Tucson or not, you have to comprehend the fact that there is a point where your buyer cannot or will not pay the price you're asking. Oh, sure. You can make your home look pretty and all these other things. But ultimately, the buyer themselves are the ones who determine value because they're the ones who are writing the check. Keep that in mind. The second thing you want to keep in mind when you're pricing your home, you want to control your emotions. Oh my gosh, let me tell you. (laughs) I've represented hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people selling their properties. And I've represented banks. And let me tell you, investors, whoever it is I represent, the, the people who manage to control their emotions the best 
are the ones who make out the best, right? Here's why. It's because more often than not, what you'll find is a buyer or some party, not necessarily the seller, but some party to the transaction, getting their feels in it, right? Getting their feelings hurt. And ultimately, this costs a seller or a buyer more money because people start taking positions that, well, frankly, they don't need to take. If you're a seller in this position, you might say, well, gosh, you know, I want them to pay a certain price and it, it needs to be sold as is and I won't accept anything else, right? And you can have that very determined attitude. And what this really results in many times is more buyers just walking away. Oh, sure, you could sell it to somebody who's, you know, willing to put up with your shenanigans. But ultimately, if you want to get the most money possible, you have to appeal to the broadest section of the market. And if you're trying to appeal to the broadest section of the market, well, you can't be out of control with your emotion. That's why it really benefits you to go ahead and use a real estate agent, a realtor in particular, to protect your interest and, 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 to, and to, uh, to, to respond to other people and buyers and other agents who are talking about your price or talking about your property in a non emotional way. There is a value to third party representation. Third thing you want to do, right? Get into the meat of this a little bit. You'll definitely want to consider if you want to get the top price possible, you're going to want to go ahead and repair, right? You're going to want to complete the repairs necessary to get that top price. Now, what would some of those repairs include? Well, okay. Uh, cleaning. Cleaning is always a good place to start. You know, if you've got a tenant in a property and they've just torn it apart and they've taken the carpet and they've made it a mess, well, you know, maybe it's a good idea to get that carpet cleaned. If the house's walls are filthy and they smell like smoke, maybe it's a good idea to repaint the property. You, you know, if you've got a property that has a kitchen with, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, what formica countertops or maybe you got some shag carpet, I, I have no idea, maybe an upgrade would be a good idea. You know, if you're trying to sell your property for the most money possible, you have to put your property in that top condition necessary in, in order to receive that kind of money. And, and even in a hot market like 2021, in the beginning of 2021, as we speak, this is March 22nd, 2021, and, and the market itself is on fire in most of the country. And the reality is that when you're trying to, to sell your property, even though there are a lot of people who are interested in your home, they will not pay a top premium price for a subpar home. You wouldn't do that. I mean, why would you? Why would you pay a million dollars for a home that, you know, is only worth a half a million dollars? You wouldn't do that. You're, you're not dumb and neither would the buyer. The buyer's not dumb either, right? So upgrade the property to its point where it's commensurate with the neighborhood. Right? Don't go overboard. Don't don't put a dollar in and get a nickel out. Don't put in uh, crystal chandeliers and marble floors if you're living in a trailer. <laughs> okay, I mean I know that's sort of a sort of an extreme example, but you get my drift. Finally, when it comes to repairing to get the top price, you want to fix your potential problems that the buyers are going to ask about. I, I know this seems simple. And it really, a lot of people don't really think about this, but believe it or not, buyers make assumptions on the condition of your property on the least little thing. Suppose, 
Suppose you're a home buyer and you're going to go knock on a door, uh, you know, to go take a look at it. And you notice that the doorbell, right? Just the part that you press is broken. It's just that little bitty plastic part, not the whole doorbell assembly, but just the little tiny plastic part. Now, if you're going to go into a home to look at it, to buy it, potentially, and you go to open the door, look at the door, knock on the door, whatever it is, and you open and you see that this doorbell is broken, what do you think is the first thought that comes to your head about the condition of the interior of the property? What if you're driving by? You're just driving home one day and you see a, a, a home that has high grass, weeds everywhere, debris, trash, you know, a couple Coke cans. I mean, I, I have no idea. Sprite bottle in the backyard. I mean, stuff everywhere. What, what, what is the interior condition most likely going to be? What do you think? Well, of course, it could be anything. It could be perfectly fine. But, you know, I think we all could agree that you know, we make assumptions based on what we see. And so when you're trying to sell your home for the most money possible, you want to look at your home through a potential buyer's eye. All right, don't be so arrogant as to think that your home is the only home that's available, that it's the perfect home, and that people can't drive 20 minutes to someplace else, okay? Don't, don't think that way. People do not live by bus lines and, 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 and dra travel by horse and buggy, all right? We're not the Amish. We're not Mennonites. We have cars and trains and transit systems. We go all over the place. So don't be arrogant and think that you're the only game in town. You have to look at your home with a discriminating eye if you want to get that higher price. Look at the thing, right? Look at it. Look at what was the thing about the home when you bought it? What did you like about it? Was it the fact that it was bright, light, and airy? Was it the fact that the yard was trim and clean? Was it the fact that the that everything was new and nice? What, 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 was, it? what, what was it? Because the reality is the person who pays that top dollar for your home, who's going into hock, who's going to take out a huge mortgage or spend all the cash they have on the home they just sold on your home. Well, well, bless God, doesn't it make sense you want to spend 25 cents on a brand new doorbell? I mean, good God, if they're going to give you three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars for crying in a bucket, right? Wouldn't it make sense? That you'd want to take a, a, a battery out of a smoke detector that's bad and replace it with a good one? That you'd want to replace the air filter? Because if you don't, I mean, look at it. If you're an agent, from my perspective, in a home inspector, a home inspector does a home inspection on your home. They look at the air filter. They see the air filter has not been changed. Simple fix. Easy thing. Nobody does it. But yet, what's the next thing that a buyer says? Oh, gosh. There's automatically air ducts that need to be cleaned. Look, guys, trust me on this. I know you think I'm crazy. You think I'm spilling into the wind. But I have seen it and I have heard buyers fighting 20, 30 other buyers to buy a property, to pay cash, only to ask for repairs in the end because they think they overpaid and lose the property. Fourth thing you want to do when you're trying to sell a property for top dollar in 2021, you do want to make sure you get a market analysis from a reputable agent. And here's what I mean. 
You know, the expression goes that if you torture the numbers long enough, they'll say anything you want them to. And I believe that because I've seen that. I've seen it hundreds of times. Agents, appraisers, people. You know what? Everybody has an opinion and they all stink, right? So what happens with the market analysis is when you're trying to determine what a home is worth, sometimes an agent, I'm not saying all, but sometimes, right? People get desperate and they'll say or do practically anything to get your business. And this applies not only in a hot market like 2021, but a down market, right? A, a, a disappointing market, something where things are difficult. People will torture numbers and make and say things that, that, that just frankly appeal to your ego. And as a homeowner, it sounds good, right? To hear a professional, somebody in a suit or a, a really classy outfit say, you know what, you, uh, maybe they've got a really nice presentation. It's, it's, it's all on computer or printed in some nice way. And, and they're very persuasive. And, and, you know, next thing you know, you really do believe that you're the bell of the ball, that your, your dance card is full and that people cannot wait to buy your home at this exorbitant price. That's where number two comes in, that, that control your emotions part. That's where that comes in, right? Get a market analysis and understand that it can be made to say practically anything. So how do you figure out what is a, an accurate market analysis? What basis does a person use to determine the actual truth of a value? Well, in a crazy market like this where you have the Federal Reserve printing trillions of dollars and inflating the market, it makes it very difficult to determine accurate value. I'll be honest. When you have the Federal Reserve artificially lowering the interest rates and keeping them down uh, through bond, con uh, bond purchases and, and eventual yield, uh, yield uh, curve control, uh, it's going to be very difficult for people to truly find a true market value for a home. All right? It's just price discovery is shot at this point. Now, if you're an investor, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say price discovery. It's hard to discover what things are really worth because there's been so much market manipulation and infiltration by the federal government that it's really difficult to decide what is an accurate value. However, there are some standards that you can follow that would generally be accepted even in this crazy market that would help you decide what to do. On a market analysis, what you want to do, especially when a market is very hot, very fast, especially like this, right? Your agent should be providing you a market analysis with homes that are like yours that have sold within the, in the past 90 days. Now, in a market that's slower, okay, they'll typically give you market values that have gone on for the last six months. That's typically the allowable uh, amount of time is the previous six months for a home is what an appraiser would use. But in a market where the, the values are going up seven, eight, nine, 10%, you know, uh, maybe even 12%, good gracious, it's difficult to price your home on something six months ago when the values have shot up quite a bit. So what you want to do, the first part of the market analysis, you want to ensure that it's 90 days right? 90 days, everything that's happened in the last 90 days. The second criteria is that it has to be within plus or minus 10% of your square footage. 
Okay, don't don't get don't get crazy with this price per square foot nonsense that everybody tells you. Oh, this price sold price per square foot, you know, dollars price per square foot, and therefore this home should sell price per square foot. That's absolute nonsense. First of all, it's nonsense because homes that are smaller are going to sell for more dollars per square foot, right? That's just the way it works. Homes that are larger, 3,000, 4,000 square feet, they're just going to sell for less per square foot. That's the first principle of why that doesn't work. The second reason why that doesn't price per square foot doesn't automatically work is because there's different conditions. You take condition A, where a homeowner is selling their home so they can sell it and move to California or Puerto Rico or God knows where, right? And there's no stress, no distress. There's, everything's fine. They're going to sell it for top dollar. Their home is in good condition. Same uh, home type, right? Same floor plan, different street, different owner, different situation. <clears throat> but they put their home on the market at the same time. They are getting a divorce and they must sell. You know, they, they, they don't have a whole lot of equity, so they're just selling it as fast as they can. So the price per square foot, let's say they have to do a short sale on that. Does that then necessarily mean then that the, the person who wasn't going through a short sale, that their home automatically is worth that lower amount? No, no, not necessarily. Sometimes it does, but not necessarily. Another, another critical factor with market analysis, right? Is location. Don't be looking at properties that are distant from you, right? You want to look at properties where are, that are within one mile and ideally within the same subdivision. If you're trying to figure out what homes are worth, and, and it's true, many times you're very lucky. People are living in master plan communities and they're just you know very easy to figure out because everybody else is a cookie cutter. But sometimes you've got a semi-custom home or maybe you're in an area that doesn't have a lot of homes for sale or maybe they're all large. You're one looking for something within a mile. Don't be looking at things five, 10 miles away because people can drive to a different home, right? And finally, when it comes to a market analysis, make sure that you're dealing with somebody who has a little bit of experience, okay? I know it's, it's good to try and help out new people. It's really good to help out your friend, your family, family member, right? But when it comes down to selling your property in this kind of market, you really ought to consider hiring a professional realtor, someone you can trust, someone who is distant from you, who can give you that third party advice, who can help you control your emotions, tell you what repairs to do, and will help you price the property. And finally, fifth, the fifth do when you're trying to sell your home, to price your home to sell in 2021, is to level with your agent. That's why it's a really important, speaking of you know leveling with your, or, or speaking of agents, that, that's why it's really important. You wanna deal with somebody that is a little bit more experienced, somebody that can give you that distant third party view. Because they're not, like, a great example, right? You, you hire your uh, nephew, cousin, friend, uh, son, wife's brother, I don't know, right? What if the house doesn't sell? I know your home's always going to sell, right? Everybody's home, but that's not really the truth, is it? Any realtor worth their salt will tell you that even in this marketplace, there are homes that do not sell. There are homes that expire from the market, that cancel from the market. And for one reason or another, they do not sell. And if your home doesn't sell and your aunt's brother, sister's cousin, friend's nephew, uncle didn't sell it, well, is it going to be really fun at Thanksgiving? Probably not. 
Whereas if you hire somebody you don't really, you know, know like that, oh, you trust them because they got a good, you know, reputation and they're experienced and yada yada yada. But they're not they're not coming to your house for Thanksgiving. You can level with that person. Look, I need to have this, this, and this happen. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. And trust me, your agent is going to appreciate it, right? When you're, when you're leveling with your agent and telling them exactly what you want to accomplish, exactly how you need to have it happen, well, then you're being honest with them and they can, in, in return, be honest with you. And isn't that really what you want? I mean, isn't that really what everybody wants is honesty in a, in a real estate transaction? And yet it's so hard to find. Why? Because we have these mutual distrusts, right? A, a, a seller does not trust their agent because they think the agent's going to give them a low price just so they can sell it quick and make a, a fast commission. Agents don't trust sellers or buyers because they think that somehow they're going to, you know, screw the deal or they're going to price it too high or they're not going to listen. There's a bunch of mistrust on both sides. But when you level with your agent and you tell them your concern, then they can turn and in turn be, be honest with you. And you can make a decision mutually whether or not that is a, a beneficial decision for the both of you. Now, specifically, I can hear people in the background already say, well, that's great, Carl, but you know, that sounds very altruistic. But when we're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars, it's a little different. And you're right. It is a little different, but not so much different that it should make a fundamental difference in your decision-making process. And when you're talking about price, okay, if your agent tells you 220,000 and you want 225 or 230,000, right? The amount of difference between five or $10,000 in commission to your agent literally only boils down to a couple hundred bucks. Literally. And here's why. If they're charging you X percent or Y percent, let's just say, I don't know, five, six, seven percent, whatever they're charging you. All right. Part of that commission obviously goes to the buyer's agent and the other half they keep as a selling agent. But yet the selling agent has to share that with their broker. And generally speaking, that's on a 50-50 split. Sometimes it's 70-30, 80-20, depending on the experience of the agent. But regardless of what the split is, the percentage of your $220,000 versus $230,000 sale in terms of a percentage as dollar amount split to your seller's agent and then divided between your broker and your seller's agent who represents you, literally, maybe 500 bucks. And do you really think that this agent who wants your business, who's been in, who's experienced, presumably, who has a name, presumably, who you've in, inquired about, somebody you can trust, do you really think somebody who's got that kind of experience, like me, for example, is going to go out and give you bad advice over $500 just so I can get a deal faster? Are you serious? I mean, let's just really be honest. Okay, I'm not trying to insult your intelligence here, but let's just be real. Okay, you're not the only fish in the sea. You're not the only seller. You're not the only buyer. And if a seller has a home to sell and they go to an experienced agent, do you really think that experienced agent has only you as a client? They don't. So it makes no logical sense 
for them to try and screw you out of $500 so they can get a check two weeks quicker when they've got a handful of other people who are closing for thousands of dollars later. What difference does it make? It doesn't. What does make a valid opinion for an agent is if they give you good advice because you've leveled with them. Because then, once you're a satisfied, happy, closed customer, you're going to tell your friends. You're going to tell your family. And let me tell you a little trip, a tip from an agent's perspective. Prospecting for new business, ooh, that sucks. Let me tell you. <laughs> it sucks. Paying for ads to call, have people call you, uh, running open houses or whatever things agents will do these days to get your business. That sucks. It's, it's prospecting. It's not a lot of fun. And it's just a lot easier to treat you right, to give you a good deal, to give you good service so that you will go out, give them a good testimony, give them a good review, and then they will be able to use you as a reference point and get more business because it's just a hell of a lot easier. Guys, if you want to sell your home for top price, those are five tips you really want to consider. Now, let's go ahead and just step into the things a little bit quicker. I know I've been talking here for about a half hour about the things you do want to do. So I'm going to try and speed it up a little bit for you. I don't want to bore you to death, but let's talk about the things you don't want to do. Don't, don't, all right, don't find your own comparables. Don't do that. Okay, look, I get it. You're a homeowner. You want to get the most money possible. Sure, I get it. So what do you do? Well, you go to Zillow. You go to homevalues.com. You go to your assessor's website. You go to xyz.com, you know, website or whatever. And you find your own comparables. Because you're trying to find something the, the agent will miss. That's your thought. You think, well, the agent missed this one. And I don't want to miss anything. So we're going to make sure he... He, he, he or she finds the right comparables. So you go out and you find your comparables. Look, if you've got to find comparables because you don't trust your agent, well, why are you working with that agent? That's just dumb. That's stupid. If you cannot trust your agent enough to perform a CMA, a market analysis, that's valid enough to give you a good idea, a ballpark idea of what your home is worth, well, you shouldn't use that agent. Look, I don't care what comparables you find. Ultimately, we go back to number one. The home is only worth what the buyer is willing to pay. And you can find all kinds of comparables. But if the appraiser doesn't accept it, well, then it doesn't matter. And well, why wouldn't the appraiser accept it? Well, there's plenty of reasons why. Well, it's they're too old. They're the wrong size. They're the wrong location. They're the wrong configuration. There's a multitude of reasons why an appraiser would not use your comparable. And you may not know this. Why? It's not because you're stupid. It's not because you're ignorant. It's just because you just don't do this all day. Okay, I don't go to your job and tell you how to do your job. I don't go to your job and say how you've done it wrong or maybe you should do it this way or that way. No, I, why? Because I've never been trained in your job. I don't know how to do it. But believe it or not, okay, you can't be an agent in this marketplace with over five years experience. Hear me, hear me. You can not be an agent in this marketplace with over five years experience and not know what to do. It's impossible. Oh, you could luck, luck out every now and again, but being a, a listing agent, being somebody who consistently represents sellers, that's a whole lot different. If you got an agent who represents buyers, I get it. But if somebody who's a listing agent 
been in this business more than five years, you're not going to find comparables that they won't be able to find. Trust me, they're trying to find everything possible. Next thing you do not want to do. Second thing, do not want to do. Do not, under any circumstances, place much value on the opinions of your family or friends. Don't do it. Oh yeah, there's websites out there and agents out there and people who suggest, well, gosh, let's just have a friends and family open house. Let's have all of our friends and family over and see what they think. Let me tell you something. That's just dumb. I know you shouldn't criticize people's opinions. That's, yeah, I don't know, it's uh, unthoughtful or inappropriate or unpolitical or whatever the correct word of the day is. But just to be honest with you, it's just dumb. Do you really think your friends or family are going to tell you the truth about your home? Oh, sure. You might got that one cousin or sister who's a little bit, you know, off the cuff. They say things without a filter. But most people, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh. Oh, no, I love your place. I think it's beautiful. Oh, it's just wonderful. Yeah. What? You're asking $400,000 for it? Oh, sure. I buy that. Well, here's the truth. Here's the truth. Uh, truth claim for you, right? Uh, uh, are any of those people going to make an offer on your home? I mean, legitimately, are any of those people that you're bringing to your home for your little open house, your little soiree or whatever, are any of those people going to make an offer on your home or are any of those people qualified to buy a home? Any of those people looking to buy a home? If the answer is no, well, then they don't have an opinion that it has any value at all. None. None whatsoever. And I know this is counter culture to what we are all saying. Everybody has a right opinion. Everybody's opinion's right. But that's not the truth. It's not. You can't tell me that your Aunt Mabel from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, who's visiting for the holidays, and you say, I'm thinking about selling my home for $280,000. What do you think? And they love you. They don't want to say anything to hurt your feelings. Oh, baby, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, God bless. I think you're going to get it. You know, they don't know the market here in Tucson. They have no idea what other agents and other offers and other buyers are doing in this marketplace. What if your uncle in, in, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama says, you know, I think you should do this or that or the other. What kind of value do they have in this market? None. I get it. They love you. They want to help you. They want to give you advice. But do not, under any circumstance, put too much value. Put some value on it, just not too much. Put the proper amount of value on the opinions of your family and friends. Third, third thing you do not want to do. If you want to make the most money possible, do not play games with your price. Don't play games. Okay, and so what's a game? Okay, Carl, what's a game that I shouldn't play with my price? Well, how about range pricing? Range pricing. Now, if you're not familiar with what range pricing is, range pricing is a, is a cute tactic that some real estate agents will use because they do not have the intestinal fortitude to confront you about your price. They don't have the guts to tell you the truth. That's it. They don't want to come in and tell you, look, I think your home is going to sell for $250,000. Because if you think that your home is going to worth for two seventy dollars or is going to sell for two seventy, dollars well, they're afraid they're not going to get their business. So they'll say, well, you know, I think it's going to sell in a price range between, oh, $250,000 and uh, 280 
right? And they put it in a range somewhere. And the whole purpose of this, they'll tell you, is so that it'll give you a range of options on the, on the multiple listing service. And that doesn't happen. They tell you it, it's marked in there as a variable a variable price because what people will do is this is just like, well, you're willing to accept offers between 250 and 280,000. Okay. When, and when, and when a real estate agent tells you this, ask yourself this question. If you were a buyer, okay, looking at homes, looking at suits, looking at cars, looking at Campbell soup cans, whatever it is. And the price for the item is between X and Y. If X is lower, what would potentially cause you to spend Y when you could get it for X? Why would you come out and say, I'm going to pay $280,000 if their asking price starts at $250,000? Well, you wouldn't. The answer is you wouldn't. You'd look at the price as $250,000, and then you'd look at the remarks, and it says, well, we're offering between $250,000 and $280,000. We're accepting offers. You know, send us an offer. Your thought, okay, we'll send you an offer. What offer? $250,000. <laughs> right? Yeah, you might get shot down, but hey, you might get a counter offer, right? That's your thinking. When they tell you that, look them right in the eye and understand this fundamental truth. That real estate agent, they're terrified of you. They're scared to death of you and your judgment. They're scared of you. They're scared you're going to disapprove of the price. So what does that say? If a person is afraid as a real estate agent to defend you and their opinion about what the price is, how strong could they possibly be defending you in negotiation? They can't. If they cannot face you directly and say, this is what I believe your home is worth and why, with any real clarity, well, then how are they going to do that to the, the public that comes to buy? Do you really think the public is going to say, oh, 280, gosh, yeah, we'll pay it. No, you have, to, you have to show them why it's worth that. So don't play games with the price. When you put your home on the market, put it on the market at a static price. Now, I understand some people like to do that whole 299, 999 game or whatever. This is not cars. This isn't milk. This isn't gas. Okay, what, what, what are we selling here? Are we selling gas on the corner with Circle K and 7-Eleven? Is that what we're doing? No, we're selling homes. So bless God, let's act like it, all right? When we're talking about selling a home, be bold. The homes in the area are selling between X and Y. My home is in this area. I think I believe my home is worth Y. So we're going to put it on the market at Y. And Y needs to be a flat number. Not two ninety nine nine nine, or not not two ninety nine nine. No, three hundred, or two ninety. But not this nine ninety nine junk. Okay, it does not come up in the multiple listing service like that. It does not add value to you when you're trying to find. Look, here's why. I know you're thinking I'm just being a jerk here, but I'm not. There's a reason. There's a rationale, and the rationale is this. It comes up on the multiple listing service a certain way. And when you put your home on the market at $299,999, it's the same value on the multiple listing service and is seen by the same people who see $299,999. Okay, so everybody under 300,000 sees your home. Guess who doesn't see your home? 
people with more than 300,000, right? And if you're trying to sell your home for more than it's worth, okay, well then sell your property at the point where the people who pay the most will see it. Which means put it at the tens, put it at the, at the even numbers. All right, follow your agent's advice, but I'm telling you here with 25 years experience selling REOs, up, down markets, South Carolina, Tucson, and all points in between, there is a value in pricing your home on the even numbers. Fourth tip when it comes to selling your home, thing you do not want to do. When you want to sell your home for top price, do not, repeat, do not, win the battle and lose the war. Don't win the battle and lose the war. Here's what I mean. Sellers many times will get in a, in a, in a, for lack of a better expression, a pissing contest. Okay. They'll get in a pissing contest with a seller or a buyer and, and, or the agent or somebody, and they'll have some kind of, you know, conflict. Let's, 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 let's keep our eye on the ball. Okay, your purpose here, and this is why it goes right back to being real level with your agent. We, we said in the beginning to be level with your agent. This is, comes back to that heartfelt conversation, right? When you talk with your agent, you want to make sure that they understand, okay, the, 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 the objective you're trying to achieve. And what is that objective? It's selling a house. Ultimately, you're trying to sell the house. Now, if you're listening to this picture, this, this podcast, and you're thinking to yourself, well, gosh, you know, uh, I don't have to sell my house. Okay, well, that's a different matter. You're just out there speculating. You're trying to get the money. Okay, whatever. I get it. But if you have to sell your home because you're trying to move to another home or another area of town or something that's more appealing to you, you have to sell your home because you can't have two. Don't lose the don't lose the sight. Don't lose the the don't don't lose the 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 end goal in mind. You know you're thinking to yourself, well, I want to sell my home, but but bless God, these people want two thousand dollars off for closing costs. Well, I didn't have to pay closing costs when I bought my home, so that's nonsense. I'm not going to do it. Screw them. That's dumb. You're losing the battle. I'm sorry, you're winning the battle, but you're losing the war. You know, you might say, well, I'm not going to pay those closing costs. Forget you. And, and, and you counter them and you say, well, I'm not going to pay the counter closing costs. And guess what? They walk away. They walk away. A perfectly good offer. Somebody who was willing to pay you top price and they were, they just needed $2,000 to make it happen. And that they were going to pay for it in their loan. Had no skin off your nose. It wasn't going to cost you anything, but it was the ego that you have about your price and the fact that you didn't have to do that and why should you have to do it for somebody else? The ego is what kills you. Don't win the battle and lose the war. Final piece of advice I want to give you today. Thank you for so, so much for listening. Guys, if you have an opportunity, go over to my new website, SellTucsonHouseFast.com. That's my uh, latest website. Uh, it's it's full of advice and blog posts for uh, not only people who are looking to sell their home to an investor, uh, but perhaps even as an agent, uh, having questions about it as an agent, uh, listing their property there and, and some of the distinctions there, what's better for you. A lot of people have a question about, you know, which way should I go? Should I go with an investor? Should I go with an agent? I don't know which way to go. All those questions are answered uh, right there for you at SellTucsonHouseFast.com. 
that's a place you'll definitely want to check out. Fifth, finally, don't, right? The fifth and final don't. When you want to price your home to sell, you want to sell it for the most money possible, right? We've talked about finding your own comparables. Don't do that. Don't place much value on the opinions and family and friends. Don't play games with your price. Don't win the battle and lose the war. Finally, don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. What's being dumb? Being dumb is paying thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for advice and then not taking it. That's dumb. Why would you go to a doctor and the doctor says, look, uh, here's your problem. X, Y, Z. You, you got a broken ankle and we got to put it in a cast and you're going to need a little bit of physical therapy and we're probably going to have to put some pins in it to make it work, but you're going to be able to walk again, but it's going to be painful. And, and, and you say, okay, great, let's do it. And you go through the surgery and you just ignore all the physical therapy and you just walk around and you don't do anything. Is your, is your leg ever going to get better? No, of course not. Because you didn't follow the advice you were given by a professional. A surgeon comes to you and gives you that advice. You take it. Why? Because he's a doctor. You trust him. A realtor comes to you, gives you advice. Your home's worth, I don't know, let's just say $300,000. Easily, we're talking about anywhere, you know, $15,000, $18,000 worth of commissions that you're paying from your equity to make this happen. And all of a sudden, you're the smart one. You're the smarter one than the, in this equation. You're smarter than your realtor. And if you're smarter than your realtor, then why are you paying him a commission? That's just dumb. But if you're not smarter than your realtor, if your realtor has done this for, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it is that they've done it, and they've signed, you know, they've represented hundreds of people and sold hundreds of homes or whatever their record is, are you really telling me that you who do not sell real estate full time, who do not so who do not know anything about, you know, what other people are doing in their homes, who are only focused on your home, you're going to know more then the guy or gal who's, you know, out there in the marketplace every day, full time in the market with buyers and sellers looking at homes, you know, going in and out, that's their business. You're telling me, you know, more than them. Okay. Don't be dumb. If you want to sell your property, listen to the advice that you paid for. Don't be dumb. All right, guys. Well, listen, I hope this was helpful to you. Thank you so much for paying attention. And until next time, have a powerful sales day.